Hello friends and welcome to today's episode. Today I'm joined by the wonderful Sinead Hegarty. <laughs> I hope I haven't butchered that name. Um, Sinead was probably one of my favourite guests I've had on. said that a million times now, but I'll happily say it again with Sinead. It was, there was a segment from about 10 to 30 minutes where we got into some really interesting conversation. We explored some subjects that I've never explored in this podcast. Something that I haven't explored with anyone before, like and I have some really interesting conversations with people. It was all about relationships and that's kind of... Sinead has various different roles and she has a big social media following and she impacts people in a lot of different ways. But one of her main things that she was telling me about is that at the moment people are asking her so many questions about relationships and that's where she spent a lot of her time and a lot of her focus. So that's what we get into in today's podcast. We talk all about cheating, why people cheat, should we forgive people who do cheat, what does a healthy and successful relationship look like, what are some of the qualities that we need for as a prerequisite for a relationship to be successful in by any means. Um, we also talk a little bit about her, some of the habits that she has to help her keep herself in check and some of the things that she does on a daily basis that allows her to live the life that she does, the healthy and sustainable life that she does. And she even put me on the spot with my girlfriend and my relationship for about five minutes in the podcast. So be sure to go and listen. In other news, we are about to launch the Collective Fitness app. It's been a long time coming. We've put a lot of hard work into this. If you want to know a little bit more about it and you want to be able to get your hands on it in the early access group, we're going to have a certain amount of memberships that we give away at a massively reduced price to get the ball rolling in the early stages. So by all means, if you want to do that, there'll be a link down below where you can go and join our email newsletter to get all the up-to-date information around that for when we launch. Anyway, enough from me. Enjoy today's podcast. Okay. Nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Sinead Hegarty, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. How was uh, how was that pronunciation of your name? That's okay. I'll 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 let you away with it because you're a Bromley. <laughs> the one person who's got a worse accent than you. Um, <gasps> <laughs> I have had too many Irish people on this podcast to get it wrong now. It have been That's absolutely... because too many legends are from Ireland. Honestly, Irish, the Irish fitness industry at the moment is just like it's something else. Um, so let's get straight into it. First question I've got. You like one of the main things that's always interested me um in my time is people's behavior, the human mind, how people's brains work and why we make the decisions that we do and if there's one thing that I can kind of like spot from following you on social media and we like we both know Siobhan and Siobhan's always spoke about you quite highly and quite a lot it's your equal interest in the mind and like for me you're in a place where I wish I was where you've just done so much research into it and you've done your you've put your time and your effort into it so like where did this interest come from where has it led you like give me the full the full story um, I don't know, like, I think I just started reading, I think like it was for my own mind at the beginning, like, you know, I just come out of a relationship, I couldn't understand like his behavior. And like, you know, I was kind of like, really had very low self esteem, you know, sort of blamed myself and like, I just needed something to escape. So I just started like reading. And when I read, I just got so much reward of like understanding people's behavior. Cause once I understood people's behavior, then I could like, you know, stop giving myself such negative talk because I was just like, okay, that is why they did that. That is why they did this. This is why I did that. So like, it sort of lets you forgive yourself and lets you forgive others and lets you sort of live a more happy life. Because I think like the end of all suffering really, like for me, through all this was just you know understanding that people that you know do bad things or they react in certain ways is because like they are hurt or they're in pain themselves so that was something that really helped me and then like once I started getting the reward of knowing everything then you know I couldn't stop reading I couldn't stop obsessing with it and then like obviously I have my audience who were really relating to it so you know yeah. sometimes I just read books just for them like I don't read books for like even for me like at the minute I'm reading like so many breakup books like I'm not going through a breakup but I'm just like yeah. oh my god I need to read this for them so it's it's like 
it's like an obsession at the minute <laughs> well it's a pretty good obsession to have what's like you mentioned books um I listened to your podcast on the need to read podcast yesterday with Ed and like you guys spoke about books loads has that been the main resource for you has that been the main like like point of entry that's allowed you to get a lot more educated on this yeah I definitely think books is the first one I've done a few courses but like the oh, courses cool. that I've done yeah I've done a few courses done like psychology diploma that was association of learning if anyone wants to know about that it was like a diploma level three yeah. like but everything in it is just sort of like you're just sort of reading research and you're not really reading into the mind but like I feel like when I read everything I understood because of the books and I feel like the books give me like a better understanding than what the courses would give me there's loads of other courses and stuff on, online as well but you know to do like a proper psychology degree that's just like yeah, that is that's... something that I really want to do but I do not want to do it in a, in a classroom. Like, I do not want to be sitting behind. <laughs> so is I'm that not waiting. something you'd enjoy? Yeah. So I'll probably do my, uh, I'll probably do my counselling in Australia once they let me in because it's probably the only way I can stay in Australia. Are you going to go back? <laughs> because I would go back, like, if I could go back. Like, I am, I'm not in good form at the minute because obviously <laughs> it looks so good. And, like, I'm in, we're in another, like, we've just been locked down today as of today. Yeah. So, you know, it is very tough on the mental health at the minute that, you know, I was living there and I just went home you know I just went home and then got locked out. So. I, um, I was living there for three years and I got kicked, not kicked, yeah, oh, no, I, got, I got kicked out. Let's say I got kicked out last, like last January, February. And actually, like one of the things that I said to my family when we went into lockdown at the start of this year was like, actually... I'm pretty glad I'm home for this. Like, yes, it'd have been fun to maybe go on the walks and go to the beach and stuff. But being able to do it with your family, it's made it a hell of a lot easier. Yeah, no, I definitely think, like, I made the right decision being here. But it's uh, harder. I think it's harder now because, like, they're allowed out. Yeah. And we're not. So I'm just like, oh, I miss my friends and stuff like that. So it, it's hard. But I'm just trying to be really present and really thankful for everything that I have around me right now. And like, there's so many people in Australia that are so like heartbroken that they can't get home. Yeah. Like, so I need to just think of like the grass is not always greener. How does it make you feel that Siobhan has just gone back to Bali? Oh, my God. <laughs> like, so she rang me with, um, she rang me like two weeks ago yeah. and she was like, okay. I've got good news we can go back to Bali and I was like what now I have a wedding so one of my best friends getting married and um, cool. next week or two weeks from now yeah so I was like I can't go until that's sort of over um but obviously we've just got word today that the wedding is only allowed 25 people so I'm guessing I'm not allowed to go oh. um, <laughs> yeah so I'm kind of like I'm kind of like should I just go to Bali but I did start seeing someone as well which kind of in like impacted that as well yeah. So I'm just like, cool. But I don't know. I think ballet right. is definitely tempting me right now. Anyway, right. Enough chit chat. Um, give me, give me the Sinead 101. Like, who are you? What do you do? Why are you successful? What, what impact and value do you bring to people? Like, give us the Sinead 101. <laughs> oh, I hate this question. Everyone's like, what do you? <laughs> I literally have no fucking clue what I do ever. Like, I literally don't know. Like. Obviously, I do like Instagram and then I have like my online courses. So I did I do like an online meditation course, um, which is called Shine. So basically, like it's getting to know yourself through meditation. Yeah. Um, which is probably my favorite job at the minute. And then I have um my books. I have I did a few ebooks um that I had wrote. So that one's one about relationships and one about anxiety. Um, so I don't know, like, I just don't really know what to put myself in a bubble of. I just think I'm extending my identity every day. I just, I surprise myself, but I'm just always trying to do new things and just sort of go in the direction, which like gives me joy. Yeah. So, yeah. Do like, you know I'm, what though? like I'm basically an entrepreneur so basically that's what yeah, yeah. And it's, it, like do you know what though people like with what you do because you've got your hands in so many different pies like people who are always extremely successful always started off in that exact same position didn't they where they were like I don't really have a fucking clue what I'm doing I'm just doing something that I'm really enjoying that I'm really passionate about and then naturally kind of amalgamates itself into a career and then like you seem pretty happy in what you're doing especially with like the relationship stuff we were just talking a little bit about that before like it's something that you're quite big on and you get to help a lot of people which is pretty cool yeah I get such good feedback about like um anything any sort of relationship advice but I feel like my love for relationship advice is because of my like lack of 
commitment or something. You know, <laughs> into why couples break off? Why we can't say, why we can't commit and stuff like that. So I'm really interested in that because it like as something that I need to study myself. Like every single day, I'm in. Like I go to therapy for my like a commitment issues. Yeah. So it's so good. I feel like at the end of this, when I like get married and have kids, I'm gonna write a book about being the one with commitment issues because <laughs> it's a process. That'd be a good title for a book as well. How to how to how to have a successful relationship when you've got terrible commitment issues. <laughs> yeah. Um. That this is the perfect point to segue. Ooh two seconds oh there we go my mic just got off sorry about that um this is the perfect point to segue into your like your journey and where it started i was listening to your podcast like i just said last night with Ed from Anita to read and you spoke about how you went through this breakup and it kind of led you on this journey of self-discovery and where you kind of got really interested in the mind and relationships so give us the 101 as much as you want to talk about it and then we'll kind of segue that into your relationships book and we'll start talking about that oh what about the breakup yeah um, okay, so, um, all right, so the breakup was, like, just a bit, like, you know what I mean, you know, like, notebook and love, like, literally so in love, like, couldn't be more in love, like, disgusting, like, you know, <laughs> guess what I mean? like, that was us, do you know what I mean, and he was, like, yeah. the nicest person ever to me, we were always really in love, and then one day it was just, like, bang, you know, like, I just got a message that he had cheated, so I was just, like, fuck. So like, it's like so against my values to say with someone in that, in that sense, I'm very strong minded. Yeah. So I was like, okay, bye. I got to go. So I literally just like got myself and went to the airport that day. And I was living with him for like two years. I was living in Essex. We were, we were actually moving across the world and you know, he like, I, I literally, it was like a week before we started traveling and I was like, okay, take me to the airport, airport. Bye. So that was kind of really hard for me to understand whenever someone can be so in love and like do stuff, do, like have behavior like that. Yeah. Because, you know, that really, I really struggled with that. And then, like, obviously, I went on the man strike, which was, <laughs> like, a year long. I just couldn't even look at him. Because, like, he was such a good boyfriend and he was so good that I didn't understand, you know, how, even if you're nice, like, you're going to be a cunt. Like, that's the kind yeah. of way that I sort of seen it for so long. And I just kind yeah. of protected myself. And um, and then, then I got to understand his behavior. And then it kind of, like, helped me with my closure and helped me move on. So, so in I mean, your head, you were like... So in your head, you were like, hang on a minute, I had this perfect boyfriend who was amazing to me and he could cheat on me. Like, there's no hope in the world. And you were just kind of like, why, how has this happened and why has it happened? And that kind of led you down your little, your little path that you're on at the moment. Yeah, definitely. Like that took me to where I am. So it's like, I think the universe really steered me in that direction. Like it was just, like, that's, I needed to go through all of that to be where I am right now. So that's the way I see it. Yeah. And it's opened that second door for you. It's good in it. Like it's giving you that competitive advantage now. So whenever you go into any future relationships, you know, you're like, this probably is not going to be able to happen to me again. The reason why I'm such a committed fool is because I just like, don't want that to happen to me ever again, but obviously I'm a lot stronger person. So like, I even have to like, I have to literally sit with myself and be like, okay, you know, you need to be a bit more vulnerable here. You need to like let them in because like, you know, even though that happened before, you still got through it and now you're a stronger person. So it's a whole process. Like and after getting hurt, you know, there's a lot of people that do get hurt and then just turn into this com like commitment issues and don't want to get close to anyone and never feel that way again. Mm. And like my advice to people in that situation is to like realize that love is like the most amazing feeling and the most amazing thing. And like we have to learn to like let people in and let, and let ourselves be vulnerable. And if you're going through that yourselves, like even therapy will help you as well to just become that more vulnerable because at the end of the day, like love is the most beautiful thing. And like, we yeah. have to feel it. It's, it's a funny one, isn't it? Like it's in, in like in fitness and in business and in life, you're always told like you either succeed or you learn. Like you either, like you, you go through a process, you either succeed in that process, whatever it might be. Like let's have trying to lose weight. You succeed in, the, in losing weight or you fail in losing weight, but you learned a lesson in that. And then the next time you're going to lose weight, you can succeed. And ultimately you reduce the amount of lessons you have to learn. But when it comes to relationships and like emotions, we just seem to kind of get void of all that logic. And you see it so many times where people go into relationships, they make a mistake or they're involved in that mistake and then they just go and make the mistake again and then they go and make the same mistake and then they just never seem to learn that lesson and like you just see it so often nowadays um are you speaking from experience 
<laughs> no, I'm not actually. I've had here she goes. She's trying to get in there already. I know what you're doing. Step into my therapy chair. <laughs> Therapy's in session. Um, no, I'm not speaking from experience to be fair. It's just something that I see. And it's something that like, like I said at the start, I'm super inquisitive and like I have really massive interest in human behavior. And as st- I'm still practicing one-to-one PT and, you know, with the personal training, naturally the majority of your clients are females. And then with females, you get into it and you talk a lot about different stuff. And it's just something that you, I've always witnessed like over the years is everybody, they make that mistake. They get irate about making that mistake and then they continue to make that mistake to a certain degree. Yeah, it sounds like they've got no, they haven't got their boundaries. The thing about it is, is that like in relationships, say a guy or a girl is doing something wrong to you and, you know, you take them back, you put that boundary and been like, okay, if you do this again, then we are over. Okay, yeah. so that's your boundary. And then they do it again, then you take them back. You've broken your own boundary. So it's not their fault. It's your fault. It's your, mm. it's you have to take emotional responsibility for breaking your own boundaries. And you need, and then like for you to sit and blame him after you told him exactly what your boundaries are, then it has now become onto you and you need to have rather stronger boundaries or you need to be like, you need to have looser boundaries or you mm. need to work it up. And this is where it's like, it gets really kind of psychologically interesting because it's like that for me once, okay, you're an idiot. For me twice, I'm the idiot kind of thing. And in in like in an indirect way, it then becomes your own fault that negative things happen to you because you don't deal with them like if like you just said if you say okay this happens again it's over but then it happens again and it's not over then that's going to continue to happen and because you don't act upon your word and you haven't got that follow-through with your word in a weird way it then becomes your fault to a certain degree or am i wrong in saying that i think like when things go wrong people ask the wrong questions and react in the wrong way like you need to be sort of like coached through especially like like you know a trust issue like say cheating or something like that like these things need to be like coached through by a proper coach because Mm. i mean you can read the books but if you don't want to you need to be you need a great advice because first of all people ask the wrong questions when they're being cheated on who was she what does she look like is she better than me yeah my bed these are the wrong questions you need to be asking the questions such as why did you do that is there something missing in our relationship did I make you feel insecure in any way and do you feel insecure that you needed to do that for attention did you do that because you really have a connection with a person or did you do that to make yourself feel better and more secure um because those are the questions that you need to be asking because then the other questions are just going to hurt you like do you really need to know that they slept in that bed no you do not but you need to know Mm. what was going wrong in the relationship because you can definitely come back from it if you know how to if you know how to come back for it that makes sense. It kind of comes back to that, 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 that like that ego question. Um, not ego. I know that's the right way to say, but like therapy, that, that's, that's where I'm going with this. And like, and being able to like, I, I've been to therapy and I've recommended therapy to so many people and not even from like a reactive shit's going wrong standpoint, even from a proactive standpoint, like we live in a world now where shit can hit the fan at like any given moment. And this year is an absolute testament to that. This year has been like, shit hitting the fan constantly and like so why would you not we go to the gym and like we future proof our body and yada 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 why would we not go to therapy and future proof our mind but then circling back to relationships when things happen and we're like why the fuck did this happen like and then but then oh no i don't want to go to therapy i don't want to talk about it and it kind of circles back to the question "Ah, you probably should yeah boys especially are very they're just like no like they're like no 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 that's not gonna happen yeah yeah but like, I'm just like, you could make your relationship better, deeper. You could literally be living in a honeymoon effect if you figure all this stuff out. Mm. And you could just live like heaven on earth if you understand that therapy. It's not even that. It's so sad because the things that we learn in therapy should be learned before in schools. Like they should be learned. Like we should really know why people do certain things. We should know people's behavior better and we should know our own behavior better and we should know ourselves better. But instead, okay, right now we have to go to therapy, which is sad because Mm. number one it's expensive like especially I think over in the UK it's a lot more expensive than here where I live Um, and people just think you know that's expensive I like can't afford that but yet they can afford 10 gins and then like they're depressed (laughs) (laughs) and I'm like okay you could have just went to therapy and not drunk texted directs and figured out 
you know? It's so um, I think like people need to prioritize their, but then, you know, people don't want to prioritize until like shit hits the fan. Then they're like, oh my God, I need help. And then their brains are so full of automatic negative thoughts and they're so low mm. self-worth that sometimes it even comes to like medication and it's just such a systematic situation. Do you know what I mean? And in, and then, and then like when I, in my personal experience, when it gets to that level, people then just have this sense of like, okay, I'm broken. Like I was born this way and there's fuck all I can do about it. And then like when they most need to go to therapy and talk to someone or take action, they then just reside to the fact that they've just got to suffer like this for the rest of their life. And that's kind of the saddest thing all about it. Yeah. I think like they're bringing it into skills a little bit more now. Like there's a lot of things happening here and there's a lot of tools, toolboxes going into place, which I really hope can help. And it's not, it's sad because it shouldn't be the teacher's job either. Cause I feel like they do everything. It should be like government, mm. to br- government should be bringing in like proper psychologists and getting people to understand. Yeah. It's like how to deal with their emotions. Cause a lot of people just numb their emotions. And when they find that drinking alcohol and drugs and numbs your emotions, mm. that's what they just go to all the time. So hopefully there will be a better system in place for our kids. Um, Sinead, why, why do people cheat? Oh, there are so many people, reasons why people cheat. Like there is, I think one of the main reasons why people cheat is as a, um, a different values to their partner. For example, you can absolutely be head over heels in love with your partner, but you may value freedom more than commitment at that point in your life because maybe you need freedom and people need to understand their values. Because if you understand that freedom is the top of your value, then getting into a com- committed relationship is the wrong idea. So but people are so blinded by love, like they just end up getting in the relationship. And that is why you'll see people, for example, if a guy and a girl are going out, they love each other. He like values freedom. He loves going out with his mates, blah, blah, blah. And he stupidly, you know, does what his mates want him to do. He like goes with a girl or whatever. It doesn't mean that he does not love that girl. Like it means that he just values freedom. That is why when they when they find out and they're caught, they beg for you back because they love you so much, but they don't understand why they did it. But um, I think that's the main reason. And then there's a lot of other ones. There's like a scapegoat. So you've got people who are not good with ta- talking about their emotions and they have a lot to say. They're feeling really insecure. So instead of like talking and being like, okay, I feel like this, they go and they sabotage and they go and cheat and stuff like that. But sometimes in those escape scapegoat um reasons like they should be brought to the surface and you can talk about them be like sometimes things like this arise so much emotion and then you can talk about all the things that are wrong in the relationship and you can bring it back together i'm not i'm not condoning cheating i'm just saying like sometimes there's a lot behind it and we're so quick to call the person a snake whenever there could be like a lot of emotional distance in the relationship there could be lack of intimacy and the person doesn't know how to even break up with them so they end up like thinking, if I do this, this is just quick, easy out. Yeah. Do you know what? Have you ever read um, Essentialism by Greg McCohen? No. So it, in like, in short, like to simplify the book for you, it's all about setting boundaries and when to say no. And mm-hmm. it's mainly for the purpose like, of like self-development and business and, and yada, yada, yada. I don't know why when I was listening to it, I kept thinking about it from the perspective of relationships. And I think it might have been, I think I might've seen something in your social and like, it made me think. And when it comes to cheating, the when to what I kept thinking about when I was listening to that book is I was like, this just rings so many bells in relationships where people have the inability to say no. And then that's from both sides of it. Like they have the inability to say, no, this is wrong. Our relationship isn't going in the right direction. So they again go and self-sabotage like you just said, and then vice versa when they're in social situations and with their friends or the friends of influencers to do something or whatever, they then have the ability the inability to say no in that situation as well and I think that's something that speaks to a lot of our general culture at the moment where we always want to say yes because of social pressures and whatever other reasons and we have this inability to say no and I just find that creeps a lot into relationships as well yeah I feel like it's a lot of um self validation as well like it's a lot to do with validating like you'll notice that your behavior changes if you can't validate yourself and you need your friend's approval in order to feel good like a lot of guys will be like Mm. oh and you know they're like oh just do it and that makes them feel good that they someone likes them for that so like in turn they're not even doing it for them they're doing it to like validate themselves by other people liking them so I think people need to like sort out their own validation and get a bit of discipline and self-love and understand what they want as well because a lot of people just do things to make other people happy but 
and and like, guys themselves like they don't their brains aren't fully developed to their 28 um should people forgive oh 100 percent cool i forgive straight after like not straight yeah. after but like you know my boundary was broken after, after you, you went through the side of the world and read 400 books <laughs> yeah. I, I forgive that like i forgive i forgive like i would always forgive i feel like you're only hurting yourself if you don't forgive because you can learn a lot from each lesson in the relationship as well like i learned a lot from that relationship i learned that like you know i wasn't making him feel secure enough he was very insecure that i didn't know about and like mm. in, in my future relationships after all this i have made sure that i am validating and making that person feel secure i'm always asking you know am i doing enough whereas before i just kind of was just going along thinking everything was fine and dandy so yeah that's something that i i think i've always felt that i need to be better at in my relationships where every like especially with my current girlfriend and the, we have an absolute amazing relationship but we have a lot of like like of fun and humor and banter whatever you want to call it in our relationship and then me being a bloke sometimes i take it a little bit too far and i remove that validation and i'm like oh shit okay kind of like that's a little bit too far you can't really say shit like that you need to kind of reverse that really quickly and then that's something i always have to have that conversation with myself and so that i can validate them and i think well, that's how do you validate your girlfriend give the listeners some tips because oh, they God. I don't know. I'm I'm pretty like from having this doesn't stem from me being an amazing boyfriend. This stems from me being a person who works with other people. I have one of the key roles as me as a personal trainer is being able to build rapport. So something I'm really good at is spotting things that people do differently. Now, as you know, as a female, you'd always do something a little bit different to try and not to gauge attention, but but like you're right, you might change your hair or you might buy some new gym gear or something like that. So because of that and my ability to spot that with clients, be it male or female, I've always found that with my girlfriend, I'm really spotting, good at spotting that. So whenever she does anything differently, I'm really good. Like I'm the opposite to that bloke who, when the girl the girl comes home, she walks in, she's had her hair done, she had her hair done and like she's waving it around in front of her and the bloke's just sat there watching football or whatever. And then a week later, she's like, you didn't even know which one I got my hair done. Like I'm the opposite of that. I'm pretty good. Like she'll walk through the door and I'm like, your hair looks amazing. That's pretty good. And that's just something that I've always, but that doesn't stem from me being an amazing boyfriend that stems from me being a pretty good personal trainer can i ask you something go for it name me the three best qualities that about your girlfriend um what's uh, your girlfriend so that again sorry what's your favorite qualities about your girlfriend Name me like three like what do you like about her um her her emotional intelligence she is in previous relationships what i've always found is that when little things pop up emotions get really heightened really quickly and they act upon them. Whereas I can see when I may have done something wrong or not even with me, just generally, and I can mm -hmm. see her little cogs turning where she's trying to process it before she vocalizes anything that could yeah. like potentially yeah. be reversed. Um, second of all, like she's just hilarious. Like she's one of the funniest people I've ever met. Like we have a great relationship in terms of like humor and the ability to make each other laugh. And then like this is going to something that I'm going to come to a little bit later in the podcast but her ability to be like a good human being and like a friend like one of the things that I'm going to say a question I'm going to ask in a couple of minutes is what does a healthy relationship look like and what I wanted to say to that is that I always feel there needs to be an underlying like friendship to any successful relationship and that's what we are amazing at like I would call her one of my best friends and yeah. Because she's my best friend, it then means that the relationship on top of that is absolutely amazing. Does that make sense? Can I ask you, right? So those th those qualities oh that you said, how often does she hear that from you? Um, quite often. Like we always have weird little yeah. like deep psychological conversations. Like yeah, last, like, and then we we always like, in relationships like people don't say the good qualities. Like I even do it with mom and dad. I'm like, what's your good quality about mom and dad? And like. You know, I'm like, do you ever tell them that? And like, people don't like, even with mm. friends, we don't tell our friends what we love about them and stuff like that. And we need to be changing the conversation to stuff like that rather than like bitchiness. Yeah. And I think, I think that's just kind of one of the problems. That's like a wider problem of modern society that we, and especially with social media and, and like just there's so many different influences now where we just get in this entrapped 
mindset of like of selfishness where we need to be selfless and that's something that i like i literally if someone said to me how would you do your life differently one of the things that would not change me being a personal trainer because the most important thing that has taught me is to be selfless and to always try and think about other people and that's Mm. something i spot a lot in other people when they don't do that is that we you know like for example let's ask you a question if you were if you're meeting a friend for lunch now and they were like they were like 10 minutes late you start checking your watch they were 20 minutes late and they were half an hour late and then they walked in 45 minutes late what's the first thing you would say to them I don't know like I'm very different because I have a lot of empathy and I but I built that but a lot of people don't have empathy you know yeah and you can't you can see where I'm going with that can't you like 90% of people I know would go like as if you've left me here sitting here for 45 yeah. minutes on my own like a lemon whereas my head goes to are you all right like did you just fucking have a car crash or did something happen yeah. and, and that's like a testament to that is that we I can't remember how I got onto this point but the fact is that like we end up thinking about ourselves a little bit too much whereas we need to think about other people um and yeah. that's something that we definitely need to do Whoa, right. That was a big tangent. You put me on the spot there a little bit. Um, <laughs> I'm going to come back to that question that I wanted to ask you then. What does like what does the ideal relationship look like? We've spoke about cheating and forgiveness and all that sort of stuff. Like, how does a good relationship look? Um, it's so funny because you know I feel like sometimes I think it's you need to have stuff in common. But what I've realized in the last few relationships that I have that that is nothing. Like there's a, there's a difference in like connection and connection and having the same values, having similar values, similar like backgrounds, social situations, that really, really helps. And something that I've noticed or that I've studied actually recently was um, couples that are more successful if they have like the same social backgrounds and they have like the same just like values um, rather than the same like not qualities but the same like jobs and stuff like that I feel like I thought that I needed to be with someone who meditates who like reads books who like I really thought that's what and then I went I actually did get that and then I was like oh my god I I don't want this it's not that I didn't want it but like the connection just wasn't there or something I don't know can't really describe but but I think it's the um I think a lot like trust reassurance I feel like understanding each other's love languages like is really really important and understanding their um attachment type understanding maybe like for example I'm an avoidant so if someone is coming on to me really strong and like is like where are you going what are you doing that will immediately push me away make me do something stupid so like if I tell them you know I am actually a bit of a commitophobe and I need like like I need my own space my own time understanding who your partner is their personality type what they're like what they're like what they don't like what their values are is very very important and then like obviously empathy as well on getting into their mindset and understanding you know um, they have their own past and stuff like that but definitely I think the the banter is probably the number one thing like if you don't have <laughs> the banter like I just don't know like I've been there where it was just looks and just physical yeah 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 and I thought this is the person I have to be with someone who looks like this and da, da, da. and then I was like I need the bounce like I, I need the like the, the yeah. precursor to any good relationship is that you need to be an absolute weirdo. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. Is that what you think? Absolute weirdo. I know. In in like, I don't mean that in the in the good sense to the word, but like like my girlfriend's an absolute weirdo in in the best way, kind of thing. Yeah. Um. So like, what? Like, there's so many parallels in this when we talk about it between like just modern day problems that you see relationships and especially relationships between like the ages of 18 to kind of 35. And then like, even in my world of fitness, like the relationship that people have with themselves and their body, all of it seems to kind of stem back to the same similar causes like self-esteem, self-worth, self-awareness, the ability to know what you're good at and you're bad at and so on and so forth. What's the precursor to all this? Like what, what leads people to have an inability to lose weight when they're older? What leads people to have an inability to form long lasting successful relationships? Like where are people going wrong or is just something that we need to be taught and we're not being taught it? Hmm. See I think clock's turning. About, like why are people not having the discipline is that what you mean yeah i just feel like i suppose there's like there's there's a there's a common theme and a common problem that people always seem to face and it always seems to stem back to low self-worth and low self-esteem and that area of like of our psychology and our mind and what i what i want to understand is 
what do you feel thinks well let's ask it from your perspective in yeah, your I world of relationships like what you, what's going wrong basically if you speak to um there's a guy called joey's head first on instagram and like me and him actually had a conversation about like this whole thing weight loss addiction drugs drinks stuff like this it is all got to do with one underlying issue and that is like basically anxiety and not understanding mm. how to deal with your emotions. Like we all know that if we eat six donuts after our dinner, that's not good, but we still do it. Why do we do it? Because it is got to do with our emotions and not being able to deal with them. Why are you eating that? You're eating that because you're trying to like mask something. And it's the same thing with addiction, yeah. it's the same thing with drink, alcohol. And he's a health psychologist and he'll say like, you know, his research comes back to like, everything if inability to lose weight inability to you know stop drinking inability to just not have the discipline it's all got to do with not being able to understand your emotions and why you're why you're doing all the things all the things wrong yeah. and so i think it all comes down to to that like not understanding to self-awareness like in times of anxiety in times of anxiety you know if you're taught when you're younger if you've done something and you've drank and you're like, okay, this makes me numb, then you're going to keep going and keep going. And that's going to be your way out. If food makes you feel like, cause obviously food gives you that rush of do dopamine. And when you're feeling low, like this makes me feel good. Obviously the short term, short term feel good. And then if you actually step back and understand, be like, why am I eating that? I'm eating that because I'm sad today. And this is the only thing that's making me feel good. And you know, that's where we need to begin. We need to begin to understand emotions. And that's why journaling is very good. I would always journal yeah. like binge eating. Um, like I would have binge eat when I was younger. I would have um, had a really bad relationship with food and journaling really, really taught me. First of all, understanding nutrition was probably the yeah. first thing. Like actually understanding that yeah. food um, helps your brain and helps your body and it doesn't like make you fat. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> understanding that was like, you know, doing those courses on nutrition really, really helped me. Um, but then it was the emotional issue that I had to journal you know there was days where um like say on a Sunday and I'll eat like chocolate chips pizza I would get it all in and then I would feel like fucking shit and then I, now I would sit there and I journal and go okay why did I do that because I have this old condition that Sunday is the day that I eat everything and that's not true because I can eat a pizza in the in midweek and still be in a calorie deficit I can eat crisps I eat crisp chocolate every single day, like whatever I want to have a treat. I just don't binge on it anymore. And if I, if I did, I haven't binged in a long time, but like if I binge, I will really, really reflect on it and be like, okay, why did I stop that into my face when I was absolutely stuffed to the brim? Because I thought that this was the last day or I thought mm. that or I was feeling really sad that day. And this was the thing that was making me feel good. And then I would write down in my journal and say, what are the other things that make me feel good? Like yoga, meditation, going out for walks. So like now when I feel bad, I'm like, okay, I don't need to pick up the food. I can actually do something that benefits me rather than like damages me. I suppose it, ultimately what that is doing is teaching you self-awareness and it's teaching you yeah. what you're good at and what you know and what you're bad at and et cetera, et cetera. I am, so I've got a client who I've had for a long time now and I'm lovely allowed to call Amanda. I've done a podcast with her and she's a therapist. Um, she's been a practicing therapist for, for God knows how many years now. And she, she knows her stuff. Um, and it's something that we talk about all the time. Like, and it's and the, the, the argument that we always come back to, which is why I was interested in what your answer was going to be is that, you know, it's, it appears and the key word appears that there seems to be a massive issue in current society where we just can't seem to get a handle on ourselves. Like, you know, we, we go out and get battered at the weekend. We can't hold down successful relationships. The, we prioritize getting boozed on a Saturday night with our friends rather than looking after our body and, and raising a family and all that sort of stuff. But one thing that she says is actually it's not worse than it was 20, 30, 40 years ago. It's just more visible. And because of social media and things like that, we just now see it more. So then we are aware of it more. And because we're aware of it more, we then anticipate that happening to ourselves. So it's this kind of like weird paradox where are people actually getting worse at having relationships? Are people actually getting worse at, you know, losing weight and yada, yada, yada? Or is it just that it's way more visible to us and we've got social media and we can see it? Now, obviously we know like obesity rates are rising there shit is hitting the fan within the world of losing weight and obesity but when it comes to mental health and things like having successful relationships it's that weird one where we're like okay like i personally haven't seen any data on 
relationships or anything like that and if people and divorce rates are going up and I'm assuming they are and whatever or is it just because that we're now way more aware of our mental health and we don't just accept mediocrity anymore yeah I think um I think this is well I always I always ponder this um like I look at my mom and dad and I just think like you know they met when they were 16 and they just got married lived their life complete acceptance no anxiety no mental health problems whilst we are at a different level because we can see yeah. everyone else's relationships is is supposedly so much better than ours you know yeah. so there's a lot of you know resistance and not accepting because we're looking at other people and like we're comparing ourselves and we're comparing our lives like you know they were so happy with like dad goes out to work mom uh, looks after the kids like that was never that was never an issue it was just complete acceptance but now yeah. Now, like, we can go on and see, you know, Siobhan's in ballet, like, doesn't have her best <laughs> life, you know, have margaritas on a Tuesday. Why can't I have that life? And then there's all this um, resistance to what you have in your life. And, the, and, like, the whole point of, like, you know, the like power of now and stuff like that is to really accept your state. And it will, you know, that's when the mental health comes in because we're not accepting what we have right now. We are always comparing and we're not accepting so I think that's a big issue. I am. Um, it all comes back to that like fish in a pond analogy. Like we've we've all gone from being really big fish in really small ponds to really small fish in a really big fuck off pond, the social media. And like, so we've just gone from like this really small perspective of the world to now just being open to everything and being able to see everything. And like and I think at a really basic level, our brains are just not developed enough to absorb all the information that is accessible to us. But I also think like it's a good thing in a way like I would have always if I didn't have social media I didn't have any of that I would just think like my life is like you know like this like I would just like build a house next door and live with a farmer yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I would see someone like Siobhan and be like okay if she can do it then I can do it so I decided like I could do it and obviously I did it yeah and you know I have become like really successful in business and I've done like a lot of things and I can probably do whatever I want um in terms of like where I want to be in the world and you know without seeing that in front of me I would have I just accepted my state and like now I'm like I'm reaching for better my goals are so much huger and like the more things I've done the more I believe I can do more so um there's that there's that um, advantage of social media as well to bring you up and motivate you to actually find out who you truly are. And, you know, maybe you are just a homebody and you want to live at home, but that's amazing. But like, if you want to branch yeah. out and do something crazy, like go and start a business or go and do this, then you can do it because there's someone right there that had nothing last year who has like a lot more this year. But you know yeah. what I mean? hundred so, percent. It's like, obviously there's pros and cons to everything. And if it means that individuals like you can go and experience a life that you may never have been able to witness or the pros in like people are more accessible, less people are dying because of modern technology. And the con is, is that Dave, Mary and Fred all now have terrible relationships. I think it's a pretty fair trade off. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Enough of relationships. Let's move on to like a little bit about you and, and, and kind of and talk about some of your experience of exercise. I know are you a qualified PT. Yeah. You are. I thought you were. Um, let's talk about... I went I went and did the course because I was like, I want the information. Yeah. Like, um, at that point, like I was thinking about it. Like I still would do... I was thinking about it, but I realized that it's not changing people's bodies that interests me as much as it's changing their mindsets. Yeah. So, um, but I also love like knowing stuff about the body. But yeah, so I've done my PT, but I just never actually... It's, it's like it's funny you should say that so like i'll go i'll go into like a core belief of mine now one of the main reasons i do what i do and the reasons i'm a personal trainer and the reasons that i enjoy the fitness landscape so much is because the most important thing that i've witnessed is where people have come into me and they're like i need to lose weight or i need to do this or i need to put on a bit of muscle or whatever and they're just in a position where they're in their life where just something's not going quite right and they feel that the gym is the natural place to try and rectify that and they may have come into me and said i want to lose weight but a year later six months later two years later whatever they have lost their weight and their confidence and their self-esteem and their self-worth has improved and then every little thing that you do in the gym and all the lessons and the habits that we pick up just seem to spill over into a oh, yeah. wider life and then all of a sudden when someone went from like 
Okay, they had they were had poor habits in their life and poor habits in their health. They have now started to improve their habits in their health, which have now spilled over into really good habits in the rest of their life. And seeing that change where someone has come to me, they've got fit and now they've got better social relationships. They've got better relationships with their partner. They've got a raise at work. They've got a new job. They're doing something and they just they go from this person that was like just having a crisis of life to glowing and having a complete like mad success in everything and that's exactly what it comes down to what you were just saying where it's that like that mindset shift and all it's all it, it's all it ever is is like a mindset shift and just changing the way that you think and you you go at it from the angle of like all right i want to help people with their psychology and their meditation and, and etc and like mine is the gym and that gym is just the incubate incubator for like improving someone's mindset like i could not give a shit if you've got a six-pack or not like i just don't care but what i do care about is whether you can hold on a successful relationship you can get up like on your first alarm like you get a good night's sleep you have empathy you have self-awareness and all that sort of stuff um that was just a rant that went off on. Just yeah, but that's amazing. Like, it shows like you're in your purpose and stuff like that. And like initially what a PT is doing is actually helping you step into your higher self. And a lot of people don't actually it's see their higher self. a good way of putting it. And like they don't see their higher self because they haven't like put the habits into place because no one's really taught them. When people go to a PT, they actually see themselves stepping into your higher self. And that initially is like when you achieve things like random things like maybe they feel better maybe they lost a bit of weight maybe they've lifted stronger those little things will make you addicted to your higher self mm. and then you will like spend more time with your higher self you'll do other things better you will meditate you will do better habits at work you'll just be better and like that is the initial step and I can't ex express how much having a PT is like beneficial for me I am a PT and I have a PT yeah <laughs> I just feel like it is essential for me to first of all it's not even about the workout because I know how to work out myself it's about the motivation it's about how they make you feel it's about how just having a structure there as well and putting money into your body is the best investment that you'll ever ever do like I always say like when your car breaks down when it's not working effectively or appropriately like we pay for the parts we pay for it to get it fixed and we own, we have more than one car in our lifetime but we only have one body so yeah. if it's not working appropriately if you don't if you're not actually feeling good in your body then you need to put money into it and you need to step up and get a pt and you will be rewarded in like so many aspects of life so um by the way that higher self one i'm writing that down i'm definitely using that but <laughs> so how how has exercise impacted you like what has it done for you I mean, I can't imagine my life without exercise. Like, I just don't know. And like, you wouldn't see me exercising a lot on my Instagram. Um, yeah. Because, but I exercise every day. Like, it's a big part yeah. of my life. But um, the reason why I don't exercise, um, like, I don't show people, I don't really show my body too much. Like, I used to be, like, body update because I was obsessed with, like, you know, changing my body to a certain way. But now I'm just accepting the fact that it is so beneficial for your mental health. It is so beneficial for your own higher self like it makes me step into my higher self in all aspects of life and it also is going to give you the best quality of life I feel like when we're all older we are all going to be like having such a good quality of life like our grandparents and stuff like that they didn't exercise they didn't mm -hmm. like do hypertrophy programs and stuff like that so I think like we're going to benefit from it so much um, and it's also very good for focus because you're completely focused yeah um, I was um I was listening yeah. to a podcast and the author had the guy who he was interviewing was an author of a book don't know what it is i'm probably going to try and butcher it if i try and say the name the book was all about procrastination and that like people are really bad at procrastinating or just not getting work done and yeah. they went through the whole podcast and spoke about all these different stuff and in the end the number one thing he said to do was go and exercise he was oh, like 100%. if there's one thing that's going to improve your willpower and your ability to not procrastinate is exercise yeah. um what sort of training do you do so I do, at the moment I'm doing hypertrophy. Um, yeah. So, but that was just because I just want to build some more strength and stuff like that. But I do CrossFit. I do CrossFit and hypertrophy. Yeah. So I do like two or three CrossFits. Um, and then sometimes I'll get like a really, um, I'll get a, it's like a back spasm. So I'll step away and then I'll make my back a bit stronger and then I'll come back to CrossFit. But yeah, CrossFit for me is very um, addictive and I love it. And then hypertrophy is something that I don't enjoy too much, but I know how beneficial it is for me and yeah. how I feel when I'm doing it. So that's what I'm doing at the minute. And then obviously I do yoga as well. What, um, why, what do you think, what do you like, actually, let's just say as it is, what do you like CrossFit and like, why do you think it's been so successful? 
because I just think you are constantly improving like even if you're just getting better form you are and like that bit of dopamine in your brain like ding 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 whenever you do that so small better so like every day you're going in and something new is getting progressed something new is getting better and that is very addictive for someone and a very um and then obviously there's the community so your community you're always like I've never before I did CrossFit I never talked about my workouts but like after CrossFit you're like oh my god how did you get on with that like I got to Fortnite so like it's very community based and like you know we're all built for bonding and social connection so it's such a place to bond and you can't beat the crack tea in classic (laughs) (laughs) that's it I think and and like like you said you hit the nail on the head there like we're just social creatures and we're built to train and do things with other people and that's where like the the bodybuilding world and it it has its pitfalls because it's very much like a lonely journey and and you know got these guys and they go and train on their own and they do all this stuff and they're like oh these fucking crossfit weirdos like I don't understand why they're all so happy and training together but like people are just good together and like it encourages that social aspect and like you said about the process of crossfit i feel that there is a massive shift happening and like crossfit is very much at the forefront of that where there's a big focus a focus shift from how we look to how we perform and our mental health and all that sort of stuff and like that comes in tandem with it and i think crossfit's very good at that and like you said you go through that process where you're less focused on how you look in the mirror like you you know oh yeah 100 that's probably the main reason main reason actually you just yeah like when we're doing bodybuilding you're concentrating on how your body looks but when you just completely shift performance and like i forgot yeah that's like complete and like and and like that's what like that's why i asked the question like i always ask a certain question in a podcast it's going to kind of come to this conversation because yeah. i think it's just so important for people to hear that we have this massive like social media doesn't do a great help for it and like and modern media and whatever and it always puts this emphasis on how we look and how we look in the mirror and how we're perceived by other people and when it comes to exercise and success in exercise you need to move away from that and focus on how you perform and you get those little hits of dopamine when you like you increase your weight or you do that extra burpee in the minute or whatever it might be um talking of of how we look in the mirror and, and modern pressures did you see the Gymshark controversy that happened recently and it all got all the fuss that got kicked up yeah, I seen your email there, but I didn't. I'm what remind me. So the Gymshark Instagram, they've got like however many million followers on there, and mm-hmm. as you know, Gymshark have always been very representative of the aesthetic community. Mm-hmm. They've always been about how you look, and even their clothes are designed to improve how you look compared to how you look underneath the clothes. In mm-hmm. that's a very diplomatic way of saying that. Um, anyway, they posted, uh, they reposted a girl's post. She wasn't a Gymshark athlete, I don't think. But basically she had, it was like one photo next to another. In the one photo, she had the full Gymshark gear on. And in the photo next to it, she'd pulled the Gymshark leggings down. And like, I'm not sure if she'd had kids or whatever the situation was, but she was on her own weight loss journey. And she was basically demonstrating how much better she looked with the Gymshark clothes on compared to them off. And there was just a massive uproar of like of especially men like american men commented on the photo going this is shit tell her to get on a diet she needs to lose weight and like just horrible comment after horrible comment and it, like it was just some, yeah and like oh. it was just and it's this it, like and for me it circled back to this exact same conversation where like you're not surprised that especially young impressionable female teenagers are going down this pathway of trying to do everything they can to kind of manage their self-worth and their self-esteem and doing whatever. And this anxiety and the pressures that people and society put on us, which ends us up in these negative situations like what we were speaking about earlier with poor relationships and so on. Yeah, like social media can be an absolute dark place sometimes. Like sometimes I just can't, understand how someone can say things yeah and just get away with that i uh, i just don't understand it but there is obviously a, a thing in place right now that you can get ip address of your trolls so oh, can yeah is this something that you do <laughs> i don't even look at mine i'm just like go for it but uh you can get your ip address now so it's a bit more protected there is some really bad stuff but um um i just i can't really see that situation is a bit hectic. I didn't really even know about that situation, to be honest. Yeah, I actually, I didn't know about it. And I got asked about it on another podcast and they brought it up and they had to explain it to me and I went and looked at it afterwards. And it was just, it was like, 
your man Dieran Cartel, like I saw he commented on it and Ben Carpenter and loads of other people started chipping in and like getting in the comment feed and saying like, you know, this is a disgrace. Fitness is not representative of aesthetics. But in 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 a way, it is Gymshark's fault to a certain degree because they have very much been at the forefront of publicizing that aesthetics is the only way yeah. to be. And you I know, think that's on awareness as well. Like, I think we need to give companies a chance to understand that, like, you know, at the beginning, we all did that. We were all going by aesthetics. 100%. Like, I remember, I even looked back to my first Instagram posts and, like, I was pitting up in, like, body goals of, like, pitting up, like, Paige Hathaway and stuff like that. Like, completely unrealistic things. And that's complete unawareness, complete ignorance to my own body, to everyone else's genetics. And, like, you know, we, I can stand back and say, you know, I actually was wrong in my whole like I was just completely unaware so I think like we need to give people a chance to step up and you know things are changing and we need to we're now in this era where we need to accept our own bodies and you know I definitely have changed my whole mindset like I used to literally strive for like six pack big booty now I'm just like I just want to feel good yeah and and this And this is the exact reason I wanted to ask this question in today's podcast with you, because like you mentioned earlier, you know, you are, you're an attractive girl, you're in shape, you're a personal trainer, et cetera. But like you said, you don't really post too much about your fitness journey anymore because you want to be known and you want to be recognized for your mind and the value that you can bring to certain areas of people's lives, like relationships. And this is where which is why I wanted to ask this to kind of reinforce that point that it's way more important for us and especially people in your position with like a lot of influence where you can prepare, you can talk about certain subjects versus others and by what you go the pathway that you go down you massively encourage positive change and positive habit building versus things that be quite detrimental when we get obsessed with how we look and and this can lead us for some people down very dark roads of comparison and so on and so forth. Like, I am very aware of what I do not like to see on Instagram. Like, I will see a young, gorgeous, hot, amazing body girl be like, oh, my God, um, I'm a Kelly deficit. I need to that. <laughs> and that really offends me because I'm just like, you look amazing. I wish you would understand how amazing you look. So that's why I don't put up in, like, oh, I feel like shit today. I'm yeah. Um, I will literally... And encourage people to tap into their higher self instead yeah. of into I need to lose weight. Okay, so if we're actually like you know we're struggling a little bit, we're not having our motivation. I'll be like, okay, this is how we get motivation, and this is how we get into better habits, so that we can actually feel good in our bodies rather than um being like, okay, body update. Let me check. Um, I want to lose this. I'm going to eat this. I don't really like telling people when I'm on a diet because I feel like, you know, I want to accept my body. And if I don't feel good, it's my problem. It's not theirs. Yeah. And I don't want them to look at me and be like, oh, God, well, Sinead doesn't accept her body. I can't accept mine. So I don't really put up that. But obviously, I do work really hard on my body. and But I'm also really blessed with good genetics as well. So yeah. that's why it's like, I don't like to put up my food. Because I'm like, I don't want to be like, if you eat this, you will look like this yeah because I can actually eat quite a bit like there's there's times where I'm like eat, I'll eat like Chinese chips crisps like that the weekend but I'm also very 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 healthy like there's not a day that goes by that I don't eat a big massive bowl of vegetables like and I, I don't like you know I, I'm very into like my brain health and like you know eating appropriately for my brain to function and um, so I try to like focus on that so that like I set my body if I'm you know fucking up with my own body I know myself because I feel like shit and I will sort that out and but I'm still accepting the fact that I did that to myself I felt like shit that day because I ate too much that weekend I drank too much that weekend so um yeah I just try to step away from picking up on my food and stuff like that because I feel like I need more people to accept their body um what do you do in your daily routine to keep yourself in check I know, like you just mentioned there, that there's several things that you do. Your brain health is really important to you. You've mentioned journaling in the podcast, quite a few things. What are some of the habits, positive habits that you do to keep yourself in check? Um, meditation, because meditation is obviously the best thing for discipline. Do you meditate? No. Uh, I, 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 so I um, So you've been to Australia, so you know what I'm talking about. I had to do my farm work and do my three months farm work so yeah, for, anyone who's listen, for anyone who's listening who doesn't know what we're on about um you get two 
two separate year visas in Australia. And to get the second, you have to do three months agricultural work where you go and work on a farm and it's just to help their, their farming economy. It's actually quite a good idea for Australia. But anyway, for me, I hated every second of it. I'm, I'm so used to having been a PT and, and just thoroughly enjoying my job. So for me to go into that process was hard. And then there was a girl on the farm who started doing yoga. And at the end of every yoga session, she would do a big meditation. 100% I hold my enjoyment of farm work accountable to the meditation that we've done. And then when I was in Sydney, um, I had a quite a hard job where I had to get up at like half four in the morning and do really early morning coaching and I'd be coaching again in the evening. It was hard. So one of the things that I did then again was meditation. Um, and it's, it's definitely a habit that I need to, to fall back into. And it's something that I wish I would fall back into. But like, and this is just pure excuses now, but my life is a roller coaster at the moment, trying to start our business and yada, yada, yada. So it's definitely something I need to implement. So the time just, paradox. So that again, sorry. The time paradox. Like, yeah, 100%. You read any CEO, famous entrepreneurs, millionaires, they will tell you they all meditate. So if yeah. the CEO of like a massive multi million, how an organization can meditate for an hour a day, then you can meditate for 10 minutes a day because it's a time paradox. Because when you meditate for just even 10 minutes, you are learning your brain to say no, to say focus in order to whenever you're doing a task, you're fully focused on those tasks. Therefore, it will save you time in all aspects of your day. And saying no to the when your thoughts are going through your head and your meditation, you're saying, no, 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 come back to the breath, come back to the breath. That is teaching you discipline that will make you say no on your runs, on your gym, make you do the extra rep. So it all begins with that. And so I'm telling you, no, you're 100%. wrong. 100%. No, I agree. And actually, it's really funny. It's how I was texting. <laughs> promise so, I'll do 21 day meditation challenge. I'll do it. I'll, I'll start tomorrow. I promise. Okay, I was, um, I was texting my, I have like a, a masseuse that I go to occasionally. And she helps me with my hips because I've got weird dodgy hips. And last time she's Thai. So she understands, she's from Thailand. She understands the importance of meditation and blah, blah, blah. We were having a good conversation about it last time. And I was just saying, I really enjoy coming to these massages, even though probably shouldn't be spending the money on it and probably shouldn't be taking that much time away from my day in certain times. But like the hour that I spend there returns me two, three, four hours in dividends back because it allows me that thought space to think and come up with new ideas. And some of the best, weirdest ideas I've had is when I've been having a massage or something like yeah. that. And she was texting me yesterday, actually. It was only yesterday. And she was like, when are you doing? When are we doing this week? And I was like, oh, can you not do this time? Can you not do this time? And she didn't answer any of the time. She just said, Connor, make time for your headspace. And then I was like, yeah, 2 p.m. is good. I'll see you at 2 p.m. on Friday. <laughs> so in relation to that, I will promise to do meditation tomorrow. I'm going to hold you to that. Good. Anyway, back to you. What's your, some of the things that you do in your day? Yeah, I think steps is probably the most important thing as well, because like you could be doing your CrossFit and you could still be in a, like you won't be in a calorie deficit because your CrossFit's 45 minutes, you know? So yeah. I think like, keeping active throughout the whole day, like I think having a good fitness tracker really helps as well. Um, I am starting to really love yoga because like it's so good that you can actually, like I can, I'm flexible, what the hell? Well, a little bit, I'm getting there. <laughs> um, obviously, I think like it's important to have like a community of people as well around you that like, like to work out and to be around people that are active. Like it's very easy to work out when all your friends work out, but it's yeah. also... Yeah, so it's it's very important for me for keeping fit. Cool. Um, three favorite books that people should go and read right now. Um, for habits, Atomic Habits. Um, bookcase because I don't want to scare people off with like seven hundred. <laughs> I'm actually reading one right now that I would actually love you to read because I'm I, I must get Ed to read it and like we could do a little book club. Yeah, it's called The Honeymoon Effect. The honeymoon it's effect. Basically, all about how to live in the honeymoon effect, all with all your life and relationships. In just relationships, or with regards to any any new Everything habit. In life. I'm only like I'm only in the second chapter, so um, I'm I'm really loving that at the minute. And another book, favorite book. Oh, this is too hard. I'm just looking at them. You know, a book that I've um I've started just started reading this morning because you influenced me to do so was the Laws of Human Nature. 
Yeah, I, that's what I was going to say because it's my favorite. It's my favorite yeah. book of all time. But like, oh. you tell someone here it's my favorite book, and it's seven hundred pages. They're like, you're crazy. Uh, that that was it. I I'm I'm like full team audiobook. I'm like I love just audiobooks. To, to, like any dead time, I hate having dead time. So when I'm in the car or walking or whatever, audiobook. Fuck me, downloaded it. How long is this book? Twenty six hours. I was like, oh Jesus. <laughs> ever, but you don't understand. Like when you read that book, you know why everyone and every person in this world does everything they yeah. do. Like you can read body language you can like uh, like it has taught me so much about all humans and I just feel like it is it is it is like you have a superpower after I'm like oh my god like I even like have pulled people through this book because I've read their body language and like it's crazy like I've um just finished the chapter on narcissism this morning oh yeah you're in that chapter yeah it gets so much better and i was like well i was like, this is it was absolutely fascinating and i was like narcissism is one of those things that just gets thrown around all the time and it gave me a way better understanding of it and like and how that we're all on a certain part of the narcissism spectrum we've all got a little bit of a narcissism yeah. in this but just some people are way worse than others and and what that looks like in actions and i was like oh i know that person who does that and i was like oh i know yeah that person. i have like little notes of like people's names because i'm like oh that's, a good <laughs> yeah. that's why they're like this it's amazing because it gives you it's like you can just forgive everyone like after yeah, yeah. and i was like i was reading it and i was like oh shit i do that sometimes and i was like fuck i hope i'm not oh, you'll find yourself in it you will yeah. find but that's the hardest part of it like it's really deep because you will find yourself in so many things like there's a thing called the dark side and like you'll find yourself on it but like it's so good because you know how to deal with it whenever you and you know why you react in those certain ways because it just gives you the reason and then you're like oh okay that's why i do that I need to bring that back mm. so three books atomic habits honeymoon effect and laws of human nature yeah, I haven't cool. read the but I just want everyone to read it. Just okay. I'll, I'll write, remind me afterwards and I'll write it down. Okay. Um, final question. The final question of today's podcast. Um, I always try and ask everybody this. What is the number one piece of advice that has worked well for you? Not advice that you would give other people because that's always, you know, contextual to the individual. But what's the number one thing that you've done for you that has the most positive impact? Um every single thing in life has is a lesson and there's no such thing as good or bad it's all there to like show you who you are and like like it'll make you who you are and another good piece of advice was about like trolls and someone was like never ever ever let them know they've upset you mm. it's funny if you i was actually i am um, daily stoic have you ever read that that daily? i haven't read it i know everyone's um, shocked in the fact i haven't read it but. yeah so i'm i'm like i'm like obviously it's a daily thing that you're meant to do so today, today's date is the 14th of october so you're meant to read the 14th of october one i'm in like july at some point so if anyone else is reading it don't hold me accountable and tell me that i'm a liar but the one i was reading in july was something that marcus aurelius said and he said like everything has their place in the world there's no good or bad they just serve a certain purpose and he's and like what kind of what you just said he was like what may be bad today will be lesser bad tomorrow and badness is just completely subjective yeah and if you do it that way that's the way it'll be yeah 100 right that is it this has been an incredibly fun this has been one of my favorite podcasts i pretty much say that at every single podcast every every podcast (laughs) (laughs) this is your shit podcast didn't enjoy it at all (laughs) um where can people find you? I know you've got your relationship ebook. I wanted to talk about it a bit more, but we didn't talk about it. We didn't actually mention that you've got a book, which is pretty fucking cool. <laughs> so where can people go and find you? Where can they find the book? What should they do? Um, so at Sinead Hegg, that is the Instagram, then SineadHegarty.com for books, ebooks, audiobooks. So yeah, that's where you can probably just find me there. I have a um, retreats company that is obviously not going ahead at the minute. And then I have an mm. online meditation course called Shine Online. So that is, that is me. Amazing. Sinead, thank you very much for today. Uh, no problem. Um, everyone, thank you very much for listening. Have an amazing day and take care. Dun, dun, dun. Why do I stop this now? Stop. <laughs> it's so funny. Stop. Like, at the end when you're like...